Welcome to the Web3 Music Podcast. I'm Jake Abel, and I'm here to explore the different intersections of music, entertainment, crypto, and NFTs. Each episode, I interview an artist, creator, or builder who's pushing the envelope in music NFTs, artist tooling, community building, and more. Today, I'm talking with Lada Day, a music professional who's been working in Web3 since early 2021. We talked about community building, artist and fan onboarding, being successful in Web2 and Web3, advice on entering Web3, and more. I hope this conversation teaches you something new today. Here is Lada Day. All right, Lada Day, thanks again for doing this. Excited to get started. So let's just start, I think, with your background in music and then how you got into Web3. Sure. So I've been interested in music my entire life, ever since I was a little girl. And I had been like, you know, singing in the choir and doing like school plays and things like that. Um, when I had went to college, that's when I kind of started trying to like intern at different places, but I didn't have the best grades in school, admittedly. So the only place I could intern was a nonprofit called Gender Amplified. And basically that was all about helping women and non-binary people get into um, audio engineering and music production. And so that was kind of like my first real world experience, like in a music related thing. And then not too long after I graduated and was working at a company in New York, I was just like, I'm not really fulfilled doing this. I I really want to just like go for it and do music for real. So I, on a whim, left my job in New York, moved to LA and pursued songwriting out there. And I was doing that for about a year and some change until of course, March, 2020, which is when Lockdown happened because of the pandemic. All the studios shut down, so I wasn't able to, you know, work with people that way. And so I was forced to learn how to use Pro Tools and a bunch of other different types of DAWs to kind of record music and produce and make other things. Um, and then I had gotten into more so like freelancing. So I was doing music for Sync and also working with independent artists. Um, that same year of the pandemic is when I was invited onto Clubhouse in October of 2020. And that's when I started going down the Web3 rabbit hole. Next thing you know, I have a, I have a homegirl who's like, hey, like, have you ever heard of Board Apes and think of getting this NFT? And I'm like, oh, how much is it? <laughs> and she's like, oh, it's only like $800. And I was like, girl, I'm not spending no $800 <laughs> on a JPEG. And next thing you know, of course, it skyrockets. So right. Like, yeah. over half a million you and, and like, oh, countless crap. other people have that same story so listen funny. like i was like if, if i knew i i would have like i would have foregone paying rent just to right. like, use all that money to, like, <laughs> up listen um and so essentially what had happened was i had met this woman named janice taylor who had started a um startup that was called ear butter and essentially it was finding ways to be able to fund music creatives without them having to sign to a publisher or a label. So I was like, okay, cool. And the next thing you know, I was back in LA doing that for a couple of months, but then that startup ended up failing and she started her web three startup, which is called EQ. And she brought me in to help her with social. And then I got promoted into working with social and community and then community and partnerships. So I'm still there in that capacity really fortunate um to be able to basically work full-time in web3 and yeah yeah 
Awesome. Yeah, that's uh, that's a cool journey. So community and partnerships now, that's your role with EQ. Tell me more about what yeah. that entails. So it, it entails a lot of Zoom calls, uh-huh. <laughs> a lot of emails, a lot of Twitter spaces. Um, so the community aspect is really essentially not just obviously connecting with the artists that are on the platform and their fan bases, but also being able to reach out to other people that are within the music web three space and kind of get them involved in what we're doing. Even if it's something as, as minor as um, responding to their tweets or tagging them in a tweet or inviting them onto a Twitter space and things of that nature. And then partnerships. So essentially what happened with EQ is that um, initially we were focused mainly on music NFTs for mm-hmm. music artists. And now we've begun expanding into web two and web three services for our artists. So whether that's distribution or whether that's marketing, whether that's finding collaborative partners or financial partners. So essentially we have people that we work with that offer these things to the artists that are a part of our platform. Um, and so my job is to be able to connect with as many people as possible within all of those different areas and see how we can work together on things. Uh-huh, interesting. That's cool. So you work with a lot of ind- a lot of different independent artists, I guess. For sure, Yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, what's the, I guess, recruiting process for, for like finding artists to work with on the platform? Is it just sort of scavenging Twitter and like looking for people interacting in the space or how do you, how do you find new artists to work with? Yes, yeah, so there's a couple of different ways to do it. So we have um, the artist relations team and then the social team kind of work together in that regard. So basically a lot of it is just like direct intake of people applying through the site. Um, other ways is um, sometimes we'll reach out um, either on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. So it's based off of the type of content people post. Um, also, just in terms of if we feel like our values might align with that artist. So most artists on EQ are actually Web2 native artists and not Web3 artists. So like uh-huh. when they join EQ, we're really the first Web3 platform that they've ever interacted with. So it's, mm-hmm. it requires a lot of onboarding on our end. So educating yeah. them on the space and educating their fan bases on the space and providing them with materials to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So with these artists, like if it's their first time sort of entering Web3, do you help them bring a lot of their original fan base onto Web3? Or do you think it's more of like finding the Web3 native fans and sort of introducing them to the artist? I would imagine it's a balance of both. Yeah, it's it's definitely a combination of both, but believe it or not, the majority of collectors are actually Web2 native fans. With the artists we bring on, their fans, the first time they ever collect an NFT, especially a music NFT, is when they join us on Uh YouTube. Interesting. it's, it's really, really cool because, um, you know, Janice Taylor is the founder of EQ. She's someone who really strongly believes in bridging the gap between Web 2 and Web 3. And I'm the same way. I always say that I'm Web 2.5 because mm-hmm. I still am very active in the Web 2 music industry, but also very active in the Web 3 music industry. And I think it's important to ensure that people on both sides are connected. Yeah, no, definitely. hundred um, percent. I think it's interesting how like there's a lot of platforms I feel like being developed now that are sort of stuck in the not stuck in the middle, but like intentionally yeah. in the middle of what of like mm-hmm. web two and three, where it's like, you know, they'll have NFT collectibles and music NFT drops or even just like other platforms that are doing ticketing or stuff like that. And it's all yeah. NFT backend technology, but on the, but 
you know, it's fans still collecting NFTs and using like their debit card and email as opposed yeah, to like, I, I'm a wallet. big, big fan of that. I think that's why, you know, like you see companies kind of like MoonPay and other companies like that. And then also um, Royal was actually one of the first music NFT platforms that I saw. You could use just use a credit card mm-hmm. to be able to buy it. I'm like, that's brilliant. That's, that's honestly, the, that's, that's, those are the things I'm talking about in terms of like UI and UX. It's really important. You want it to be as, as simple as like an email sign up and being able to register with the credit card for people to be able to have an account and buy NFTs because then they don't have to jump through all the loopholes of like getting right. a wallet, getting crypto and all those other things. Right. It's so many hoops to jump through that like people don't even know where to start. And then when they don't know where right. to start, they just don't and even really hop into scared it. Right. They don't even understand, you know, all of that. They're like crypto, like, oh, I don't know. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it's it gets like sort of a bad rap, I think, because people just don't understand it. Like, I feel like most criticism or fear that I ever hear is always based in a lack of understanding of like how Absolutely. the tech really works and what the people like what the people that are in the space for the right reason are really doing with it. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And that's why like I'm so kind of excited about what's happening right now in the bear market, because I think it, it helps weed out a lot of people that were mm-hmm. only in it yeah. for like a cash grab. Yeah, 100%. Like a lot of the market was sort of fueled through all this speculative trading and everything, which is like, you know, I guess it sort of got a lot of money into the space, but it's not sustainable. And it's, it's, right. It's cool now how the people that are really in it now are the ones building for the future and like building all the more interesting use cases and stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. Emphasis um, on more interesting use cases. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Like, uh, I'm I'm tired of all these like, after like a few months of sort of researching and collecting a little bit and just getting active on Twitter and Discord for the first time, I sort of came to this realization maybe three months in that like so many of these projects are the same. It's all like some made up animal brand. Oh my re- God, the ape derivatives. <laughs> right, they the, ape derivatives. the ape derivatives. <laughs> exactly. You get, you know, you get the, you get the, you get the original NFT and you get exclusive access to the Discord and an alpha channel and a merch drop and some in-person meetups. And it's like, they're all, they're all that. What's the difference? Yeah. Why would I do one yeah. over the other? But I think, you know, especially with the music stuff, I think there's a lot more interesting use cases um, being developed now. Um, For sure. On EQ, are there like different types of drops that they release or are they all, are they mainly collectibles, utility driven? What are the different yeah, drops you see on EQ? Yeah, that's a great question. So essentially there's really two types of drops. So, um, or three, I could say. So one is like access passes. So those NFTs don't actually have any sort of music attached to them, mm-hmm. but um, the, the utility of the perks can be, maybe you'll get like streaming royalties in a particular song, or maybe you'll get some sort of merch, or maybe you'll get like meet and greet or different types of things like that. And then depending on the artist, they'll have like different levels of access passes. The second type of NFT is a more traditional type of music NFTs. That's like the audio that comes with that. And, and there's the cover art. And then depending on the artist, it might be streaming royalties. And then of course there's other types of utility again, like merch, meet and greets, and you know, other things like that. Mm-hmm. And then the th- third type is the music video type of NFT. So you get mm-hmm. the visual, you get the, the royalties off of that. Um, and then again, any sort of utility regarding like IRL experiences. But for the most part, artists love to tie some, t- some sort of IRL experience to their NFTs. So mm-hmm. usually it'll be like tickets to their next show, merch of choice. Maybe you'll get, maybe they'll have like a very limited amount of printed like vinyls and they able to send those out to their holders. So it's a bunch of different things. Uh-huh. That's cool. Does EQ handle all the like back end 
uh, execution of those utility, or is it like how does how does EQ handle that? Especially with yeah, streaming royalties, so I'm really interested because obviously, like streaming isn't tied into Web three natively yet. So, like, if you're gonna, yeah. I'm sure it's sort of a, a bit of a hassle and nightmare figuring out how to distribute all these royalties through through Web three. Like, you have to, yeah. I guess, collect them with traditional funds and then purchase. I'm assuming purchase the crypto and then send it to the list. Of yeah, you so have. it's it's interesting how it works because essentially, generally, pretty much every artist is affiliated with a distributor, and naturally, distributors already collect royalties, and then from there, we do our part to be able to siphon that to different collectors. So we do a lot of back end work in that regard, and also obviously back end work in terms of the splits. So like, let's say the artist has collaborated with like a producer and a songwriter and they want to be able to split royalties with them. Then we also take care of that with the smart contract. Um, in terms of other utility like merch or meet and greets and other things like that, essentially we send. So the way that collectors join the, the platform is through email signup. Mm. So we send like a CSV of those emails to the artist and we're like, okay, hey, these are your collectors. Now you can kind of, um, handle the utility side of things uh-huh okay yeah that makes sense yeah um what what how much of your time do you think is spent with eq exchange like you're still doing some independent work right with your uh yeah like i saw some consulting forums on your that, on that's your, a great uh, question website. yeah oh my gosh so it's so funny because like consulting has really hit the background i used to do so much of it in 2020 and 2021, like a lot of what was keeping me afloat was like independent contractor works, either consulting or, um, you know, songwriting. Um, and I've, I've done so little of that recently. It's kind of uh -huh. <laughs> Most of the way I stay in touch with my community is through like my newsletter, which goes out maybe like once or twice a month and then obviously social. Um, but beyond that, I still do work with Gender Amplified, so I, I do project management for them, and essentially it's hosting writing camps at least once a quarter, and we actually just came off one this past weekend, so it was really, really dope. We were at Hyperbell Studios down in Brooklyn, and it was a three-and-a-half-day camp, and each one of the songs is so amazing, and we're excited <laughs> to be able to like push those songs and, and get them certain opportunities with those, so I still do a lot of that, um, but yeah, in terms of like creating like me making music i don't do as much as, as i used to unfortunately mm -hmm. consulting is really on the back burner so trying to find the balance of that it's like eq is um it's obviously a startup and it's a small team and we're trying to like keep it small like i'm sure you've heard unfortunately about like you know the layoffs that are occurring like at other um companies in web three and we yeah, always definitely. happen at eq mm -hmm. so we keep the team pretty small to help prevent that and but because the trade-off though with keeping your team small is that it's a lot of work yeah right right so it's yeah it's it's a lot of work but it's it's definitely worthwhile stuff and i'm, I'm learning a lot and i'm super excited uh-huh um yeah that's cool i'm sure i'm sure you are learning a lot about like working with independent artists how they can merge into web three like what do you think are the what what are the some key takeaways you've learned so far you know it's it's so interesting seeing the difference between artists that are web two native versus web three native because i obviously like people who really study this space are, are going to do better in the space i think mm -hmm. um for me the biggest takeaway and, and the thing i really want web 
to artists to understand is you can't just announce that you have a collection and expect it to sell out. Like yeah. that, that doesn't work for anything, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you don't get a million streams just by saying, hey guys, I have a song and then going about your day. Mm-hmm. It's like the same way you market and promote in Web 2, you have to market and promote in Web 3. And a lot of these Web 2 platforms are useful for that. So whether it's TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, whatever else, uh-huh. having your newsletter, you have to be able to, to push your collection the same way you would do anything else. And that's something that I help um, the artists on our platform with a lot, just like helping them with their social package and their strategy, at least for the first couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the other thing that I think is important for Web3 artists to understand is you don't have to abandon Web2 or your Web2 fans in order to succeed in Web3. I feel like sometimes people are really like black and white and like, you know, people will take all of their songs off of streaming or they won't do IRL shows. And yeah, I think that that's really seems a bit extreme. counterproductive and mm-hmm. counterintuitive to, to what's happening. The artists that I think are going to be the most successful are the ones that maximize their capability in Web 2, but also do the same to maximize that in Web 3 and let those two things feed into each other. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I feel what you're saying too. Like, I feel like most of the, web three native artists that i see are like only focused on like their nft project and releasing and like interacting in in web three and then you know maybe don't have much of as a web two fan base and then obviously web two artists if they're not into web three they don't really know anything about Mm -hmm. it but yeah no i I think that's really good advice especially for like the independent artist or like the smaller one like if you yeah i mean it's like why 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 wouldn't she want to be able to hit all the bases, right? Like, why wouldn't mm-hmm. she want to use every platform and opportunity possible to get your music out there and to get yourself out there? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Do you, so, like, in the future of music, NFTs, and Web3 music, do you think that, like, eventually all artists are going to have this other avenue that they, like, are using to explore their music and, uh, you know, another revenue stream and engagement tactic um or do you think it'll sort of stay separated for a little bit you know so it's so funny so I'm working really closely with this one artist whose name is TK and he's someone who's had like a a huge catalog and extensive experience working in web two from being an independent artist himself to engineering some of biggest artists in the world and work like he's worked with people like diane warren and like will smith's children and all he's done a lot but mm-hmm. also he's like killing it in web 3 as well and so i don't want to say it's like an experiment but it really is because i feel like he's someone who has the potential to be really really dope and a pillar in web 3 but also have extreme success in web 2 and i, I just want to prove with him that it's possible to do <laughs> both and to uh-huh. be both at the highest ability yeah so stay tuned <laughs> <laughs> so he's sort of the experiment we'll see where it goes but yeah exactly um, yeah right now there's not there's not too much crossover of someone doing both like really really well yeah you think the, the one example i would say of someone who is very like prime both is verite um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's somebody out there, but she had like a really successful launch uh, on Royal. Yeah, I saw that drop. I don't really know her music that well, but I saw yeah, her she, drop on Royal. She's she's killing it. I mean, she has like probably at least like a million monthly listeners across all DSPs. And at the mm-hmm. same time, like all of her collections sell out 
you know, like it's nobody's business every time she drops. And it's like, it's cool because I'm like, okay, cool. This is someone who's doing both. Like, I'm sure I don't really know about her, how she performs like in the festival circuit or anything like that, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure she does tour. And so I'm like, okay, cool. Like she, she kind of gets it. Like she's, she's pushing yeah. herself in Web3 and she, and she has a very strong presence and a lot of respect there, but also she clearly is catering to her Web2 fan base because, you know, th- those streams don't lie. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, she's probably a good example for people to look into. I mean, another yeah. big artist that I know you worked with is Ashanti, who was pretty Shout pretty big in Web too before she started working with EQ. I'm, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Um. So she's an interesting case because she's someone who is a legacy artist, and there aren't too many legacy artists that are really, um, I think, prominent in Web three. Like, she's what do you mean? Web3. What do you mean by legacy artist exactly? So legacy meaning that she's someone who's had a career that spanned at least twenty years. Okay. So a lot of the mm-hmm. artists that you see, obviously, in Web three, are like people who have zero to ten years right. of music experience. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and generally are all independent, have always been independent. It's, it's You don't really see a lot of artists that have like had a lot of success um, in Web2, like on the national and international level also um, crossover into Web3 yeah. in mm-hmm. a significant way. But people like her, people like Snoop Dogg, people like Miguel, um, it's been interesting seeing them embrace space and in different and varying capacities. Mm-hmm. So did she, I, I know she had her like 20th album anniversary nft drop yeah. on eq is that just the main partnership or have you worked with her with anything else there so i can't speak on too much regarding <laughs> her uh-huh. um but yeah so the cool thing about her is that she her so ashanti which is her debut project was a, a record breaking award-winning you know grammy winning like w- broke the record for the um the debut album sales for a female artist until this day no one has broken that record for for first week sales and for overall sales so she really is like super special in that regard um and to still have the kind of like longevity like it's it's a classic record it's been two decades Mm -hmm. and you can play those songs today in the club and they do still play those songs today and people of any you know demographic love it um but essentially obviously she was signed to a label so she wasn't able to capitalize off of her music like she was supposed to but very recently aka this year on the 20th anniversary which was April 2nd um she was able to reclaim the masters for that project and she has the ability to re-record and re-release that project Mm -hmm. so we essentially had her as the flagship artist for announcing our launch of EQ and she did that at South by and it was just really amazing seeing the response to that and, you know, seeing how invested her fans were and excited about what's happening in this space. And, and essentially, I'm not sure what percentage, but a huge amount of the folks who collected her NFT and she had done, I think, somewhere around over $100,000 worth of sales within just a few hours were Web2 natives, people who had no idea how to, you know, connect a wallet or buy crypto or anything like that mm-hmm. and we we're just like we, the team and I were just like troubleshooting like for days right just trying to like help people like figure things out like okay this is how you get Coinbase this is how you get this wallet this is how mm-hmm. you, get, you know all these things and um it was just kind of really cool like how that conversation started and how her fans are able to benefit from that um but she you know she's such an integral part of what we do and we're excited to see what the future holds 
Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, the space needs as many people like that as we can find who are interested yeah. in onboarding people to, to web three. Yeah. She's just such an inspiration to independent artists everywhere because she was independent before it was cool. Like uh -huh. she went to me in like 2013 or 2014. So mm -hmm. it's like, but the independent artist movement wasn't really being embraced like that until like 2020 or something. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So she's, she's a big deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's cool. I saw her at uh, the NFT music meetup in during yeah. NFT. See, that's where we met. Yeah. Um, that was a really cool event. Um, it and was, you, could, yeah. you could sort of feel the energy that she brought into the room. Like she was so passionate about like being independent and doing this project and onboarding people. Like it was, it was cool to see her talk about it. Yeah. Um, and sure. that was a great event. That was one of my favorite events of the week. For Thank sure. you so much. You know, we, we want to bring it to Art Basel. So stay tuned. To okay. Spring, um, end of the year in December. So yeah. We're, yeah. We're, I'll, we're, I'll, I'll be down there. The works. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Tell So tell me more about music NFT meetup. I'm sure there's some people, hopefully there will be yes. some people listening who don't know what it is. Um, or how it got started. Like, I'd be interested to hear the story behind that. Yeah, music NFT meetup. So essentially what had happened was NFT NYC was coming and we, we wanted to get involved. And so we had pitched Janice to be a speaker at the official event, um, mm -hmm. but she wasn't selected. So we were just like, hey, like, you know, there are going to be so many people from all over the world coming to New York this week, wanting to look for different events. Not everybody can even afford a ticket to the official NFT NYC event because that was going up for like maybe, I think around like a thousand dollars or so. Mm -hmm. So we really said, okay, like we can be one of the satellite events that people can, you know, attend. And honestly, we noticed that there weren't really a lot of events specifically for those who are in the music Web3 space. Yeah. So we put our thinking caps on we got together, so it was me, it was Joel, obviously Janice, um, and then we had partnered with a few other folks. So shout out to everybody at Vault, which is another music NFT platform, it's, it's on Solana. And shout out to Pip and his crew at Cotton Candy Records. Cotton Candy Records is a Web3, it's a Web3 music label. Mm -hmm. So we all got together and we decided, hey, like let's throw a music NFT event. It's gonna be called Music NFT Meetup. And the first event, we'll host it at NFT NYC, and then we'll just kind of keep traveling with it at any of the other big, you know, Web3 um, conferences that we can be a part of. So we hope to bring it to Art Basel. We hope to bring it to South By. You know, we want it to be a continuous thing. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I definitely had a lot of fun at that event and and totally agree about the, there weren't a lot of music-centered events during the week. I was looking for as many as I could find. Yeah. Like I was there. I mean, I went to the conference a little bit during the day, but I felt like some of it was like kind of high level. It was like stuff I'd heard before after researching for, for sure. months and months. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the satellite events were great. I mean, every most of the events I went to, like you met a lot of cool people. It was great, like talking to people about like their own projects and sort of bouncing ideas around. Um, definitely a lot of that music NFT meetup. Um, so that's, I think that's really yeah, cool. Yeah, that's, that's how I met like the Venice music team. I met some of the folks over at Wave World, um, Reveal, just, just by going to different events. Yeah, so, yeah Wave, World, Wave World had a really cool event at that For week sure. also. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, and then their NFT releases following have been stellar. Like mm -hmm. I made sure to this one up, so yeah. Yeah, that's cool. They've done, they've done a lot of uh, music video NFTs I've seen on... Uh, What's that yeah, they, so basically what I've seen, yeah, exactly. They've been partnering with Glass. Shout out to Dio over at Glass. He actually was a speaker at, at NFT Music, Music NFT Meetup. And he's, oh, cool. he's a great guy. So, uh -huh. Yeah. I, I think I have like three or four 
NFTs that got off glass. So uh-huh. Nice. That's awesome. Um, are you are you a big collector? Do you do you collect a lot of music? Yeah, NFTs? I love to collect. I, I I so it's so funny because you know how everybody kind of like knows like Koopa and a couple of the other yeah, like, sure. big collectors in the music NFT space. And I'm like, uh-huh. I, I wanna be that. Like I wanna <laughs> be I wanna be a whale. I call myself a whale in training. Like I really oh <laughs> I, I scoop up all the NFTs. So a whale in training. I, I, that's I good. try to make sure I get at least like three a week, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean it's cool it's cool that you can sort of support artists directly like that. Like I feel like before NFTs there wasn't much of a way to directly support an independent artist. I mean, going to their shows yeah. obviously, or maybe buying yeah. tracks on Bandcamp or stuff like that. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I've yeah. done all of that. Like, I go to people's shows, I buy the merch, I, I, you know, I go to, I, I yeah, same thing, Bandcamp. I've done all. I've gotten people's albums and songs off iTunes. I've done it all. But like to really put like you know between like fifty and a thousand dollars or whatever it is like directly in an artist's pocket that's that's a flex and you can't yeah. really do that no yeah yeah that's definitely one of the one of the more interesting parts i think of of like nfts and that direct connection with fans have you gotten feedback from artists that you've worked with at eq about that connection and this sort of new medium of connecting with fans and um you know building their community yeah so funny enough that that's part of the reason why like this second iteration of EQ even happened um, because so initially like our focus was like strictly on, on music NFTs and that's similar to what a couple of the other companies do like sound and mint songs and whoever else but a lot of the feedback we were getting from our artists is well you know like it would be helpful if, if I had like some upfront capital to be able to support certain things or if I was able to partner with a marketer or if I was to be able to have like a better distribution partner to be able to get like my streaming royalties to a certain point that I want to give to my fans and things like that. And that's why we decided to have like the partnerships aspect of EQ. Cause we're like, mm-hmm. okay, these are the things that artists want and need. And so like, let's partner with the people who offer those things and then we'll have that all available in their artist dashboard. And then they can reach out to those people through our platform instead of having to go to every which site to be able to do so. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, do you get a lot of like, do they talk much about like how they are directly interacting with their fans now through these projects? Or do you get any uh, feedback from the fans about, I mean, people I feel like talk about in the music NFT space a lot, how it's created this new direct connection that we were just talking about. Yeah. Um, I'm just curious if yeah. you have any comments on like people talking about that connection. Yeah, for sure. And I think a big part of that comes from the utility that's offered with the NFTs, right? Because mm-hmm. prior to this, a lot of people weren't necessarily doing meet and greets, independent artists, I mean. Like they weren't necessarily yeah. doing like Zoom calls with their fans. They weren't necessarily like gifting them merch. And I think uh-huh. it gives them more of an incentive to want to do that, even unrelated to Web3. Um, and I think that's the exciting part, you know, just the IRL sort of like implications that come with this. Yeah. Yeah, that stuff's interesting. All the IRL like tie-ins that this technology can facilitate is what interests me, I think, more than anything. Like For obviously sure. getting into it, you know, you got to spend a lot of time on Discord and Twitter. But yeah, yeah. You know, I think like and even on Discord, like the group, I think like group calls are are engaging, like song camp yeah. a lot of group calls and modern music. Um, but like also tying in like real life experiences and how you can create a community around like an artist and 
a concert series and stuff like that. Like that's the stuff that but not really agree more. So we have um, this this set of twins that had released their NFT on our platform. They're called Nervo, and they're Aussie, and they're really well known. Uh huh. Yeah. In the electronic space. Mm-hmm. Um, and so essentially, the utility they had is that they were on tour. And they had done a performance at the Ministry of Sound in the UK. And they basically were like, anyone who's a holder of our NFT will get to meet us backstage, take pictures, and like do the whole thing. And so mm-hmm. that was, was like a really cool like real life activation because otherwise that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for them launching their NFTs. So. Yeah, yeah, that is that is cool. It's nice to hear how you know the NFTs themselves are what are facilitating. And like yeah. experiences like that yeah um have you worked with any other artists at eq that stick out as like you know doing things right in the space or having cool collections or just you know inspiring people to work with that you haven't already mentioned um so i also would love to just give a shout out to ernest ernest poe who's someone who is really from like the gospel space is where he's well known but also he's an emmy award-winning artist um and he's someone who has been he's a veteran 20 years 20 years that he served so like it was it's really it was really awesome like hearing his story and essentially Mm -hmm. like his nft was his rendition of america the beautiful and naturally he made it available right around the independence day um holiday and it was just like really amazing how you know, willing he was to go on like on Instagram Live and Twitter Spaces and TikTok Live, and you know, it, it, he's like a, a more like an older gentleman, so it's he's not someone who you would really find super active mm-hmm. in this space or on these platforms. But he was just like, yeah, I want people from like my generation to like get involved in Web three, and you know, he's like, you know, it's not just for the young people. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like, it's important for everyone, like for my mom and my grandma, to like you know get involved in this space and for. For anybody else it's not just for people who are like 30 and under you know so like it's it's been really cool um seeing him really embrace it and seeing like how his fans have supported him being of a similar demographic as uh-huh him. yeah that that sounds pretty inspiring having someone who i mean that's an interesting background veteran gospel singer doing nft yeah. projects i mean <laughs> i haven't heard of anything even close to that so that's, yeah that's so cool. it's, it's really cool it's just like you know everyone has such a unique story and one thing that I try to um, emphasize with artists is that make sure you're telling them. And that's true in Web 2 or in Web 3. It's mm-hmm. like, if you don't know your story, you're just another artist that can sing or just another artist that can rap. It's what what makes you special? Like, what is going to be compelling for people to be like, oh, I want to learn more about this person. Oh, I want to support this person. And that comes from telling your story. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, people have communicated through storytelling for as long as they've communicated pretty much so people I, I, I understand definitely how people can resonate with that sort of thing um do you have any i mean that's definitely good advice for people trying to i guess that's good advice for web 2 and web 3, web 3 artists really like the more people understand like who you are as a person in addition to your music i think you know the more people are going to support you um yeah. do you have any other advice for independent artists like maybe entering web 3 or just in general for those entering Web3 specifically, please, please, please DYOR, as we say in the space, mm-hmm. do your own research. Um, I can say everything I could say about music NFTs and Web3, but I think that it's just really important to take anywhere between like three weeks and three months, really just like doing a deep dive and learning as much about 
Web3 and NFTs and crypto and music NFTs as you can, because there are just certain things that you won't necessarily just learn from hearing things in a Twitter space or from watching, you know, an Instagram live or whatever. It's like, you really got to make sure that you have as much of a, a baseline understanding as you can, especially when it comes to safety, because a, a lot of things that yeah. um, deter people are like the scams that occur. And mm-hmm. obviously any, anywhere that there's money or the capability to make money, there's going to be scams. That's just how this works. Right. And, and, and scams are happening before Web3. <laughs> Right. Um, but unfortunately, people can do so in a much more anonymous sense without with the ability of it being harder to track them and trace them because everything is just really connected to a wallet. Mm-hmm. So it's super important for people to like understand like the safety precautions, like don't ever give out your secret or don't, you know, just these kinds of things. Yeah, like, definitely. <laughs> right. Yeah. Once you're once you're in it for long enough, you sort of understand all that. And, yeah. you know, it's it, it doesn't take too long to get to the point where you're like, all right, every DM I ever receive that is not from a friend is a scam. Oh, yeah. Like the, the bots, I get at least 20 bot DMs a day. Yeah, it's, it's like it's and that's on any I even get weird DMs on LinkedIn now. Like I thought it was just like an Instagram or a Discord. <laughs> LinkedIn, or LinkedIn. I haven't gotten any on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Yet. Like it's just like, oh my gosh, this, this is a fake page pretending to be like a recruiter or something else. You're like, oh come work for two hundred thousand dollars at da 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 and I'm like uh. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> Super sketch. Um sort of adding on to the you know do your own research bit do you like how what resources did you use as you were educating yourself and you know what advice like specific resources or websites or platforms like what do you think are good ways for people to educate themselves well for one um eq has what we call like the eq library on the site so essentially it has like all of the useful terms in web3 and like very extensive definitions for those so definitely check that out. Um, there's also EQ Mag, which essentially is like our amalgamation of like blogs and articles and whatnot. So there's lots of great information there. Beyond that, I really, really, really like um, Andrews and Horowitz or A16Z. Like mm-hmm. they have great. If you if you go to their site and you just like type in crypto, like they have like so many resources there uh-huh. in relation to it oh, and that's I, cool. I, I, I think that, that is super clutch like definitely definitely um check that i got more closely acquainted with them via clubhouse mm-hmm. um uh, yeah they they have so, so many awesome um resources on their site um and where else um i think a good obviously someone who's like known as a, a leader in the space is koopa troopa and he has his um weekly sort of like digest or report on like what's happening this week and like music nfts and i think that's yep. a really cool way to kind of keep up with what's happening in this space in terms of like major players or platforms or whatever else he's just a good person to follow um uh what else i really so i'm actually a part of a web3 like music community called campfire so definitely uh, yeah. check this out, Campfire XYZ, mm-hmm. Campfire underscore XYZ on Twitter. And so like there's, we have, we host spaces where people can like learn and ask questions. But beyond that, we also have like um, crowdfunding types of initiatives. So like the most recent one actually we had for a friend, her name's Jazzy and she recently was laid off at her job at a, a Web3 music startup. So mm-hmm. we do things like that as well. Just so obviously like there's the education part, but also we know that sometimes 
people just need a little bit of financial support too. So we come together in that way as well and supporting people. Um, but I, I think the main thing really to kind of be able to find the resources you need to learn is get plugged into communities. So mm -hmm. I mentioned E2, I mentioned Campfire. I love Venice Music Community. They're awesome. Um, Colors DAO is another one to check out. And so generally like in their discords, they'll have channels or even on their sites, they might have like content. Um, but those are people that you know and can trust that to ask questions and that they have your best interest and be able to provide additional resources. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's definitely good advice. I've, I've sort of recently started tapping into uh, Song Camp and Water and Music. And, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Can... Water and Music is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Water and Music is amazing. I actually have to get their, their member pass because I know they're doing some cool things over there. But I, I, I was a subscriber on Water and Music before they ever touched Web3. I just uh -huh. like, I think Carrie is like amazing. And I'm just like, she's so brilliant. Like this is such a, like an analytical um, resource. So yeah, they're, they're dope. Yeah, they are. Um, just like listening on some of their calls, it's 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 cool to see, you know, what they're doing and how they're handling all these massive collaborative research projects and putting out all this yeah. content for people to, you know, people to learn it's, it's, and, and it's, figure it out. Communities is so important. I recently yeah, joined definitely. another community um, called CPG, which is more so like on the product side, but I learned so, so much that they have these calls called like genius calls, like I think once a week and they'll have like a guest speaker come in and it's somebody who's like, yeah, like, I, my company was once valued at like a hundred million dollars. And I'm like, wow, I, I can learn a, a thing or two. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and it's just like, and, and usually with these types of communities, like all it is, is like just buying like their membership NFT. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just so worth it. Like FWB is another community I'm looking into joining. And it's just, you know how people say, oh, your network is your net worth. And, and, I, and I look at net worth as not just monetary, but just like in terms of like knowledge too. Yeah, It's like, 100%. these are not, like I could do all the Googling and YouTubing I want, but a lot of these conversations I can never have unless I'm a part of particular types of communities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's cool how in Web3, like people are so open and willing and excited to expand their network and, and you know, tell people, like what they're up to and hear about other people's projects and just yeah. like, you know, build each other up and make all these connections. It's like sort of a, like, I don't know, community, like sense of community and, and building each other up that I haven't really seen anywhere else, which is, I think, really cool. And, and, and it, the, the awesome thing is, it's like, you don't need to be like the richest person or the most experienced person or the smartest person to be impactful i think that's really amazing mm -hmm. yeah yeah i've definitely heard stories of, like a decent amount of stories of people who you know didn't really have much going maybe they were an independent artist or they just started getting interested in nfts but just by participating in these communities and answering questions and sort of just hanging out like you know they'll find different roles in like yeah. working for these communities or or you know get yeah no it's, it's a stuff. major thing i mean you know like you see people like latasha at zora or people like amon mm -hmm. europe working at sound it's yeah. like these are people who are like independent artists who are like doing their thing and then they're doing their thing in web two they started doing their thing in web three and now they have like actual like positions at these companies and they have equity in these companies and that and that's so important yeah definitely i mean there's there's plenty of opportunity there for for people who are interested in just sort of diving in and, you know, figuring it out. Um, you know, as we're sort of starting to wind down here a little bit, is there anything else that, that you want to talk about that we haven't touched on? Anything you have coming up? Anything EQ has coming up? Hmm. Well, 
I will say check out the latest crowdfunding effort with Campfire. It's super important to support Jazzy. She's an incredible force in Web3 music. Um, beyond that, I think the main thing I just want people to understand is that community is really everything. And I know that's such like an overused buzzword <laughs> in the Web3. And in some ways it might seem disingenuous, but it's really, 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 really true. It's like so much uh, I've been able to learn is through community and not just learn, but also people that you can lean on. It's like, at the end of the day, we're people outside of Web3, we're people outside of tech, mm -hmm. outside of music. And it's like, uh, a lot of the people that I, I, I tell some of like my deepest, darkest secrets to are people who are in Web3. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if that's not saying something like, I don't know, it's like community to where it's like all these people are actually friends and I actually have calls with them unrelated to anything that we do in Web3 and it's like, well, talking about like real life stuff, like it's it's important. And when, when you find people like that that you can do that with in any capacity, it's, that's that's how you know like you're in the right place. Yeah, that's 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 great to hear that you've had that experience. I know a lot of people have too. Um, yeah, it's 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 a great space to get involved in, and I think you know it's only going to get bigger. And it's it, as you know, more and more people adopt it. Hopefully, more and more people like will see you know the potential of this to you know, disrupt music and disrupt art and tech and, and really build all these communities that are going to be around for a while. Um, I guess one last, one last question for you is what do you see for the future of music NFTs and, you know, the connection with fans and artists? How do you, how do you see that evolving in the future? So, you know what, I, I really feel like I'm looking forward to seeing which, company or which founder is able to really bridge the gap between web two and web three to the point where you couldn't tell that it's web three. Mm -hmm. The biggest barrier right now with web three is that it requires a certain level of knowledge to be involved. And once there's the platform that doesn't require any of that, to me, that's the next unicorn in web three. It's like, what is going to work as easily as like, you know, an iTunes or a Spotify or whatever else, but have like that back end on the blockchain mm -hmm. and pay artists adequately, obviously. Yeah, that's definitely. what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I think you and, and just about everyone else in the space, you know, <laughs> you hear a lot about how, you know, main, mainstream adoption will happen once people don't even realize that they're buying NFTs and using crypto. It, it's literally the only way. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, you know, it'll be exciting to see that you that user experience get developed and you know more people enter the space so that's i think that's all i got for you i'm glad you got a chance to talk about what you've got going on and i think i definitely learned a lot from this conversation hopefully listeners will too you know thank you again for your time i, I really enjoyed it thanks so much for having me all right thanks take care thank you so much for listening make sure you check the links in the description to find and support lada day and the projects she's involved with if you enjoyed this podcast, you can follow us on social media at the Web3 Music Pod on all platforms to keep up with new episodes and announcements. And tune in next week to hear a conversation with Ellie from Bello about artist tooling and analytics in Web3.